0: WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers, and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi everybody, and welcome to our Tuesday Upfront program. A couple of Tuesdays a month. When there's a council meeting, there's um, a visit from one of our council members. Last Tuesday, we uh, chatted with uh, Valerie Gonzalez of the Woonsocket City Council. It was an interesting visit with uh, her. And uh, so this is one of those days where there wasn't a full-blown city council meeting. And that means Tuesday is the day that we uh, asked Chris Boulay to join us, and he was able to do that today. And he is in studio right now, and his microphone's turned on. I mean, everything's ready to go. Good morning, Chris.
1: Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. It's great to be here. I guess I could have looked up on the website to see if there was a council meeting, but instead I took the lazy way and called you. Yeah, oh, that's Okay. I don't mind. It shows I'm keeping track of things,
0: and that's a good sign. Anyway, welcome to our program, and it is a talk show, and let me tell you um, how to reach us. First of all, you're encouraged to participate if you have something that you'd like to talk about at 769-0600, 766-1380. Yes, we take live telephone calls from listeners, and pretty much on any topic. We have some topics, too, that we have uh, outlined for ourselves and we will bring up if uh, we uh, need to do that. And um, and we like to do that, too. We like to have a few words to say also. But uh, that's one way to reach us, 7690600 or... Uh, Across the uh, room here, I have this little screen, and it's tuned in to Upfront at WNRI.com. So you can send us an email, Upfront at WNRI.com, and we will acknowledge your email on the air. So now we are ready, and we'll have some commercials, too, along the way. And now we're ready to uh, begin our program for today. And please feel free, if you have something to say, to say it. We're going to let Mr. Boulay, who is our uh, co-host here on this Tuesday morning, begin. Because I know that he spends quite a bit of time um, looking at uh, the news stories and saying, is this something that our listeners would be interested in hearing more about?
1: Good morning, Chris. What do you have as our lead story? Good morning, Mr. Bushard. As I look back at my uh, sent emails, I guess I was kind of a pain in the butt. I think I sent about 14 things Mm -hmm. to you. But um, the one I do want to focus on to start this affects pretty much... Everyone, not everyone makes over a million dollars, but a lot of people own stock and a lot of people have jobs and uh, UBS, my company put out a piece which was uh, well acknowledged in the media and it says markets react to Biden tax proposal. The Biden administration is poised to announce proposed changes to the IRS code, which would raise the capital gains rate to 39.6 percent for people who make over a million dollars. So if you combine that with the 3.8 percent on net investment income, which is used to pay Obamacare, it was passed uh, during the Obama administration, if you made over a million dollars a year or you make over a million dollars a year, your federal tax rate. On capital gains would go to 43.4%, which is extremely high, much higher than it is right now. And UBS put out a piece analyzing that, looking at history and seeing how it's going to affect the market. And I think in this time, I'm going to make the separation between the market and between the economy, because as UBS points out in, in the piece, is that only 75% seventy five percent of all markets are owned accounts that aren 't subject to capital gains, so pension plans endowments iras that individuals hold so seventy five percent of all the market capitalization is not in accounts that will pay capital gains so twenty five percent is so The piece basically says history shows that it's not going to be as devastating as it possibly could be for the markets. We also believe that it's going to be closer to 28% versus what the the president wants. But my my concern is if somebody makes over a million dollars a year, they're probably job creators. They're probably somebody who owns a very successful small business. And uh, are those folks going to say... And certainly, CPAs, I know you know some CPAs, they're going to be the MVPs in the next couple years, right up there with their advisors and and their lawyers. But are they going to say, well, geez, you know, keep me under a million dollars. I won't create those extra four or five jobs that are going to make me have 1.3 million because when you do the tax effect, I'm going to be given so much more money to the government that keep me at 990. And I I think that's a real concern is that you're going to punish. You know, you're going to punish capitalism. So there's the market standpoint, which we analyze and saying history shows us that there's not enough activity in the market uh, versus non-taxable stocks and and transactions that it it should be okay for the market. You're not going to see a market collapse or anything really funky. But in terms of the entire thought processes, how is that going to affect America and the capitalism that that makes it so great? Does the general public, the regular guy out there, uh, comprehend
0: that argument, or does he just want to see um, you know, a new road built, and the only way to get it is to uh, hit those people?
1: Well, it, it, it's funny that you should say that, because it goes into my next point, is... I think there's about 1,100 billionaires in the United States. It's 1,100. About 1,100. About half of the world's billionaires are in the United States. If you grabbed and confiscated all of their wealth, forget the three percent tax that Elizabeth Warren is recommending on on wealth. If you just took all of their money and just, and just gave it to the federal uh, coffers, it wouldn't make a dent in the federal in the federal deficit. And brings to the other thing if you think about it money has been a construct by the US government for years now so they just print the money so do you really need to tax people if you're creating money out of thin air that's what we're doing we're running incredible deficits so do you want to raise taxes and how much money you going to get off of pe- you know, people over a million dollars they, are they going to avoid it um, <sighs> not evasion but avoidance and uh, do you, do you even want to bother doing it because you're just constructing the money anyway out of thin air
0: and how much does one of the stories, uh, because I'm I'm a, what they call the regular, I think I'm a regular guy out there. I was reading a story saying that um, the most interesting, most interested observer of what goes on with uh, the American economy uh, is China. Mm-hmm. And so they are waiting, what are they waiting for to swoop in on China?
1: Well... Um, As as I've highlighted, which is, you know, public information, is that we have the world's largest economy. Our economy is about $24 trillion. So if you take all of the goods and services made in the United States and and just added them all up, it's about $24 trillion. And we were growing in the Obama uh, era maybe 1% to 2% a year. When we were during the Trump era, we were growing 3.5% to, I think we touched 5% at one point. So... That economy is growing at a tepid pace. The Chinese, however, um, have the second world's largest economy, around 14 trillion, 15 trillion, and they're growing at a much faster pace. I saw it quickly, I, I got to double check, but I'm going to be reckless and throw this out. I think because of their re- uh, rebound from COVID, I think their first. Uh, quarter GDP grew by 12%, which is an anomaly, and sometimes it's just a lie. But if you take their numbers of 6%, 7%, even if they're 5%, they're gaining on us. And eventually, they could be the world's largest economy. So if you've got one investment that's um, $25,000 and it's growing at 2% a year, and then you've got this investment here at $15,000, it's growing at 7% a year, Well, at a certain point, the $15,000 is going to be worth more than $25,000. And that's what I think they're waiting for, and the only way you can compete with the United States, if you don't want to do it militarily, is economically, and then you look at the sanctions we have against Russia. Russia's economy, I think, is 3 to $4 trillion maybe, and we just push them around like, like, like we're bullies. So when they do something wrong, like interfere with our elections, uh, we punish them, whether it's the Biden administration or whether it's the Trump administration or, or the Obama administration. I guess I guess I just said the same thing, right, the Obama administration and the Biden administration. But we just push them around and have sanctions uh, against them. Um, when it comes to China, they interfered with our election in the worst possible way with the COVID-19, and we stand by and do nothing. So economically and militarily, China is going to be and continues to be the biggest threat uh the United States by far.
0: I just wanted to mention something about my um, weekend trip uh, that's um, uh, on the fringe of what we're talking about. Anyway, it's talking about the economy. So I was in um, Dearborn, Michigan over the weekend at the Henry Ford Museum. But what was interesting is that the Henry Ford Museum is right across the street from the uh, Ford manufacturing plant in Dearborn that makes the Ford F-150 mm-hmm. uh, truck. Yep. But... Um, the thing that I thought you would be interested in that I thought about was in the Dearborn area, I if I saw a thousand cars, nine hundred and ninety of them were uh, either Ford or Chevrolet. I've never quite seen I mean I understand why I mean we're right in uh, Detroit is uh, eleven miles from Dearborn. Uh, you're right in uh, the Ford World Headquarters is in Dearborn. I don't know. Maybe maybe they give cars away to all the employees. I don't know exactly what it is. But we were in a parking lot going through a, a supermarket parking lot. And I decided to count the number of Fords, not Chevrolets or Chryslers, although there's plenty of those in, um, in there, I hardly ever saw all weekend long. I mean I was looking for them. I was looking for an Elantra or I was looking for a Toyota. I couldn't find one. But I was in this parking lot of a supermarket and I said, I'm gonna start counting. And I counted now this is just Ford before I got to a Chevrolet. Uh one, two, thirteen Fords in a row before I finally hit a Chevrolet and then I hit a Chrysler three hundred. And then another Ford, but I couldn't find in a supermarket parking lot. Uh, I must have looked at a hundred uh, hundred cars. I couldn't find a foreign car. Did I see one or two over uh, over the weekend? Uh, we used a, an Uber ride. It came in a Jeep Cherokee, you know. Uh, but it was so interesting how, uh, as you are in the I guess the hub of car manufacturing, how the concentration of cars is, and I guess the further you get away from uh, from Michigan and Indiana where the car manufacturers are, I guess um, it starts spreading out. But uh, I thought you might find that interesting. Do you know why? Uh, other than loyalty, do they
1: actually give the cars away? or I don't know. No, my, my understanding, Ford obviously is so huge in uh, in Detroit, uh, in in that area. And you, I'm sure if you went and did the uh, visitation or the, the tour, is that Henry Ford paid very, very well. The last thing he wanted to have happen is a worker um, working on the assembly line and not being able to afford that car. Mm-hmm. I, I like Ford. I love Lincoln. The only reason I... Well, one, not the only reason, well, the one reason I don't go look for Ford is uh, I don't have an employee discount uh, that I have with GM and basically almost every other manufacturer. For some reason, UBS does not have an employee discount with Ford. But, um yeah, it's, there's a lot, you know, you got the Ford field there, which is where the... um uh, Detroit Lions play, you've got the Ford Foundation, and then you've got the resurgence of that, that whole area. So, yeah, Ford, Ford is extremely popular there. And then you go to Texas and you'll have little counties where everything's a Chevy uh, Silverado or everything's a Ford 150. Is it-
0: is it the Lincoln Navigator, is that it? Is yeah, the it... big one, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was all over the place. Yes. I, mean, I, I never saw so many Lincolns in all my life. Quite the, uh, quite the experience uh, being in, uh, in Dearborn, Ford country. And as um, Chris mentioned, not only are their world headquarters there, but they have several manufacturing plants there. They have their engineering uh, research and development. They have their test track there. Uh, it is um, Ford all the way, and, uh, and uh, yes, I, I was immersed in the history of uh, Henry Ford and uh, how he um, developed
1: his company. And you know what else they have up there?
0: TPC Dearborn. So yes. I'll be heading there uh, we, uh,
1: very soon. We
0: mentioned that. Um, uh, we were looking at the Google map, and we spotted uh, that uh, golf course there. And uh, your name came up in the
1: conversation, I can pay, Boulay. I can play that course for $32 apiece.
0: All right. This is the Upfront program. Uh, incidentally, um, I am writing a column on uh, my um, trip to uh, Dearborn. Went by train out there uh, and then came back by plane and... And used a little busing and uh, we, we, I mean, we, every transportation device you could mention, plus walking.
1: Well, <laughs> let, let's uh, let's put to the test if um, the mosaka Call is listening to our broadcast. I won't have to make a call and say, <laughs> could you please put my UBS uh, financial advisor ad with Roger's column, <laughs> as it always is. All right. And I got some good pictures, too. And um, so anyway, that should
0: be in the Sunday call this weekend. We'll take one call. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll take a commercial break. 7690600 is our telephone number. Anything that you want to talk about, we'll talk about. Within reason, right? Uh, no swearing, please. All right? Hello there. How are you today? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, good morning. Good.
2: Uh, Roger, uh, speaking about uh, all the uh, Fords that you saw, I do believe I read somewhere that if an employee of Ford had a foreign car... They could not park in the employee parking lot, or if they could, it'd be in a remote area. Have you
0: heard of that? No, I, I didn't, um, but uh, the parking lots that I saw were um, restaurant parking lots and supermarket parking lots, and... Not related to uh, the Ford uh, Motor Company. Matter of fact, you can't get on their property, uh, their um, their manufacturing plants, and their especially the engineering division of Ford. Uh, I guess is where all their secrets are. Is like uh, Fort Knox. So, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they had uh, a policy like that at one time, or maybe even still. Sure.
2: Right. Because um, it kind of makes sense if you. Mm-hmm.
1: If you work for a company, then you should certainly uh, uh, use that product. So, did you did you
0: work up at Framingham? No, I
1: did not. Okay, no. okay. Yeah. Yep. you were a, pli- a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I, among, I, I, among cause, other things, right? Because yeah, I know um, up in Framingham, uh, Toyota, at one time, I think it still is, it was thirty percent owned by General Motors, and you, you could have a Toyota up there.
2: Ah. Well, it makes sense, of course.
1: So yeah, Anyway, I us see what that.
0: happens now. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. We'll be back. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are open daily, operating with curbside pickup at this time. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products, including milk, cream, assorted pastries, ice cream, cakes, and more. There are three ways to order. Number one, to view our current menu and place an online order or view our frequently asked questions, go to WrightsDairyFarm.com. Or number two, call the farm at 401-767-3014, extension 2, to place your order, pay by credit card, and select a pickup day and time. Three, on-site. Order from your car with your smartphone or with a sales associate, then wait in your vehicle while our team fills your order. Please be prepared for longer waits on the weekends. So, stay safe while we work through these unusual times. Please visit our website, rightsdairyfarm.com, for all the latest information. the ambiance. The food, the friendly service when you visit Ciro's downtown. Our popular French Onion Soup. Grilled flatbreads served three ways. Burgers and sandwiches to please and our main plates led by the marinated steak tips. Open Tuesday through Sunday. Reservations encouraged. 769-3330. Takeout always available at Ciro's.
2: Hi, this is Gina Savini inviting you to join
3: us at our family-owned businesses. Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event.
0: Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're K.R. Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers
2: you're listening to WNRI's Upfront a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel
0: we're on the Upfront program on WNRS open line conversation. We have a call awaiting. We'll grab that call, and then we'll move on to other topics, if we have other topics. Unless you keep us so busy that we can't talk about anything else. Hello there.
2: Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Chris, Chris or Roger, uh, there's something that has uh, been on my mind for a long time pertaining to Ford. You remember the bailout of the automobile industry way back when? Very well, 2008, 2009. Yep. Ford uh, didn't take the bailout, they did it on their own. Do you know how they were able to do it and Chevy couldn't?
1: I, I, I do. Um, what Ford did is Ford had credit lines of about $50 billion, not about, $50 billion. And what they did is they drew down on them. So basically like a homeowner who has a $200,000 line of credit to get himself to a tough uh, situation, they drew down all of the money and they had the, the forethought. And uh, vision to see that this was going to be a problem because before then they had about U.S. cars sold in the United States for about 17 million units per, per annum and they went all the way down to 8.9 million whereas GM just didn't have the issues they had problems with their suppliers and and, and they didn't have the cash flow so they had to file bankruptcy and uh,
2: today GM is still bigger than
1: Ford right? Uh, sales ab- absolutely you know I, as, I, as I said, we talk about China, and, and people don't realize, or maybe they do, that Cadillac and Buick are the number one sellers in China. Um, they're worldwide, and they do very well in, in Europe as well. But, yes, GM is the largest manufacturer of cars in the world.
2: So we have, we, uh, the country helped Chevrolet stay number one, and the people that helped themselves didn't depend on the country is still number two. I think
1: Ford's still number two, right? Yeah, yeah, Ford, Ford is still number two. And the, the thing that which w- I think was obvious to everyone, and, and I've, you know, commented publicly saying I give Obama and Bush uh, credit because they both work together on this. But if you take, we talked about the GDP of America, about $24 trillion. At the time, it's still the case. The United States auto industry makes up 5% of the GDP, you know, the people who change your oil, the, the salesmen who sell you your car, all of the sure. manufacturers, the chip manufacturers. It's it's probably over 5% right now of GDP. So had it uh, the United States let them go bankrupt or let them go out of business, um, you know, it, we never would have recovered, in my opinion.
2: The chip industry is controlling the car industry worldwide right now because of the shortage of chips,
1: correct? Uh, absolutely. I was actually... Um, um actually, down in uh, Warwick at um, herb Chambers Cadillac, and they have no inventory. it literally looks like they 're going out of business so uh, there 's a salesman i 've been dealing with there for years, and I gave him a call because we we're talking about stuff and um, he said no we're we 're fine he goes we, ha- we have no cars. He goes, maybe three weeks, but it 's a direct effect of the chips there was no, there was a shortage of chips, and therefore you can 't sell those cars because everything runs on the computer chips in the cars today as you know
2: yeah hopefully there's a lesson learned there we cannot depend on china 100 percent of the time They're they're going to hold us up against a wall eventually and they're probably doing it right now and we just don't realize it but uh We need to make the chips
1: here in this country. You you, you raise a great point because last year or the year before, China had commented um, that 90% of the generic drugs sold in the U.S. are made in China, and they were going to actually hold them up. But a company that does have incredible vision, and I I think I talk about them weekly, sometimes biweekly, is Apple. Apple is now making their own chips in their computer because they didn't want to depend on Intel, and they thought they could do them better. So, uh, yes, yes. so there's an American company uh, taking control, which is, you can't do it, but I like the saying, taking control of their own destiny.
2: Hopefully they'll be able to do the same thing, not just with the chip industry for automobiles, but in a lot of other things, so that this country wouldn't be so dependent on China.
1: Do you have any scoops for us about the city, anything going on that you want to talk about?
2: I can just say uh, that things are going good, and... We're going to be happy at budget time.
1: Excellent. I have a
0: question for you. Have you got a chance to look at any of the proposals for the middle school uh, offers?
2: The uh, No, I ha- that hasn't been given to me yet, uh, so I haven't been able to, uh, to look at them. But uh, I'll tell you something. I wish I would have thought of that when I was on the council years and years ago to hire a person and a company that could uh, sell the excess properties in a city of one socket. I think that was a brilliant idea. The city council uh, is on the ball. And uh, the last city council, uh, especially, uh, too bad we don't have uh, Councilman Brian there. But uh, I wish we would have done that a long time ago. We still have uh, excess properties in a city of one but now we're doing something about it rather than being hopeful and looking for a buyer.
0: Well, there's no question about it. Hiring that real estate guy <laughs> certainly has made a difference. It's very evident from a layman like myself uh, just observing uh, the um, the real estate scene here in Woonsocket. Thank you for your call.
4: My pleasure. Thank Bye-bye. you.
0: Grab one more call, then we'll uh, bring it up another topic. Hello there. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing well. I'm going to try again with you guys. I talked to you Thursday, so I didn't have time to go over this, but community policing model, Okay. Here's the way it works. I was wrong. It was not Portland. It was Eugene, Oregon. What they have is a program. It's called CAHOOTS, okay? It's a partnership with law enforcement and a team of social workers. It's a privately run social worker um, company, okay? About, based on all the 911 calls, about 20% of them are diverted to social workers, not police officers. These are calls that there's no crime being committed. There's no imminent violence. There's nothing like that. Could be just somebody disoriented, you know, somebody... Um, they handle about 24,000 911 calls. So that's twenty four thousand nine one one calls that law enforcement does not have to respond to, okay? Out of those 24,000, they usually end up having to call the police about 150 times. So that means the person, they, they show up, the person might be near traffic, they might be talking about self-harm, then they have to call the police. 30 years, they've never had any incidents where, you know, a social worker was attacked or murdered. They said, cost about 2.1 million to run the program, saves about fifteen million, one five, fifteen million $15 million out of police budget. Do you guys think i got I, from when we talked Thursday, you didn't think that this was, was something that could work on socket well you are going over
1: those numbers yep well you bring up you bring up two interesting points because I was thinking about your comments too, and the one comment that you brought up your example was what happens if you know they, you know they send a social worker to a homeless person that person ends up being ultra violent and attacks the person. But if I take you at your word in thirty years of this going on, they've never had an issue like that um you, you, you know, that, that there, there's proof of the pudding, because you don't want to react to things that probably didn't happen. But so many of those issues where, okay, you're going to check on this person, ends up being violent. If you're saying they've never had an incident, I find that hard to believe, but I'll take you at your word.
0: And my well. comment, uh, well, I, I want to put a, my two cents in, too. Uh, I think what's going on here is uh, how police departments are... Uh, are managed, and who are the police officers of 2021. And I'm going to use Woonsocket as, I think, one of the best examples. The the recruits that come on to the Woonsocket Police Department and the veterans that are on the Woonsocket Police Department, most of them are college graduates. Most of them are well-trained in what we call social encounters. As a matter of fact, I think I'm trying to say... That a Woonsocket police officer is a police officer already slash social worker, pretty much like what has happened in the fire service, where you used to have the rescue and maybe one one or two members of the fire department as an EMT. Today, when that call goes out, uh, everybody who's on that rescue is is uh, trained. In um, in medical emergency responses, and I am pretty much arguing to you that when a Woonsocket police officer responds to a um, to a situation, that you're dealing with not a gung ho cop. I think you're dealing with a very trained, seasoned, well rounded. Uh, police officer who is not interested in pulling his gun out of his uh, belt, and I think what's happening in the United States is that we're probably seeing the the tail end of this kind of um, of police um, reaction. I mean, they're still out there, but I think that the probably hiring a social worker separate from a police officer is not such a good idea. But hiring a police officer who has social um, uh, social service uh, training uh, is a much better idea because here's the problem and you mentioned it um, you uh, you are uh, called to a scene and you're the social worker and you realize you're not equipped and now you've got to call a police officer and another 10 minutes goes by why not have both there at the same time I'm done
4: well I agree with what you said Roger let me just quick follow up when somebody's mentally ill Okay, when somebody's mentally ill, they're not on their medication. Okay, and they're having a crisis, personal crisis. When a police officer with a loaded weapon shows up with with mace and you know all sorts of weapons around their belt, they're not intending on using them. They're they're, like you said, they're trained social workers. Like you said, they get out of college. It when somebody is mentally ill, and that the response is uh, is as a police officer with a loaded weapon, they think they're in trouble. And that's when things start escalating. When somebody shows up and they're a social worker and they're dressed in a hoodie and you know jeans and sneakers, my sister was a social worker for twenty years. She used to show up all the time. She used to show up all the time to dangerous situations. Two a.m. They used to do, um, they used to do unannounced inspections.
0: Well, it's, that's nice, what but what happens if they do, kill Rocky? the social worker?
4: <laughs> well, I mean, what if? I mean, Raj, we could say what if all day long. And my yeah, sister did for, it for 20 that's years. exactly did right. We can say what if all day long. So, but my sister did it for 20 years. She did I cannot thousands of unannounced visits in the middle of the night. They had to do it for the kids that run the program. She never got killed. She's like, look, it was scary. She was like, but this is why we have social workers. I mean, if, I mean, Roger, we may as well just have we may as well just turn all the social workers into police because what if somebody shows up to their appointment to their parole officer and kills them? I mean, we can go on all day. I mean, is that what you're saying, Roger? Everyone should just be a police officer. I mean.
0: Slash social worker, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: that's, all right, a, that's all right, what Roger's saying. You, you, you know, every, as conservatives, we're always going to be looking for what's the angle. Because right now, I'm going to be talking about. I don't know if you heard uh, De Blasio <coughs> talking about New York City, and he's upset that the um, that that the uh, Supreme Court wants to revisit the Second Amendment, where they can carry a gun outside of your house, and de Blasio says, we're, this is a setback. We're trying to get guns out of the hands of New Yorkers. That's, so the, the Democrats are not that smart. He basically said that. And a disarmed uh, citizenship is somebody can be pushed around by the government. And then we're always concerned about nationalizing. They're talking about nationalizing the police. So when you have the attorney general investigating Louisville and get investigating Minnesota... You think, what's, the alternative, what's their alternative motive, or ulterior motive? Do they want to start setting the trend that there's going to be a national police force and we're not going to be able to control our own policing? That's what conservatives think about because the, the Democrats and the liberals are not smart enough to hide their agenda. So in things like this, we, we want to look at it very cautiously. I agree,
4: and I, you know I, I can't disagree with you guys, and, and I, I, I appreciate your perspective. I think, I think, I think we probably agree on eighty percent of things when it comes to policing. I think this one thing is something where. I think we might have a different vision, but I, I, I really appreciate it. Before, before, before
1: I let, let you go, because, you know, again, we, this is pretty good. This is good discourse because you bring intelligent arguments. It doesn't mean we have to agree, but you, you stand behind them. I just received something, somebody related to Woonsocket Police Department, and the quote is 90% of the Winsaka Police Department's time is spent at 10% of the addresses. So <laughs> and that's, I, I'm sure that's true. And, and it's the same troublemakers that the, that the police. I was talking to another police officer last night, and we didn't get into it, but it's always they they always know who the troublemakers are. It's it's that ten percent that eats up all their time, and we always appreciate your call. You bring a lot to the show. Thank you. Thanks all a lot. Right. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. This is the Upfront program on WNRI. Before we take a break, uh, did you uh, have a topic that uh, you'd like to introduce to our audience that uh, we haven't talked about so far today?
1: Chris Boulay. Um Well, actually, talking about law enforcement, I just got an email from the Attorney General's office. He's going to be here in a, in a couple of weeks. So there's so many things that have changed since the last time we interviewed Peter Naroner. And... Their owner. and, and You know, Peter Neroner, he's a Democrat. I think he's a smart guy. I supported him. He was clearly the best candidate. But there are things that I want that we just talked about. What is the end game? You know, he's looking at it from law enforcement. And I'm really concerned that they're trying to take away, they being the liberals, trying to take away our guns and then tell us we're going to take away the police. And only the wealthy and well-connected are going to have security. And what's the end game here? And um, very concerned about it. So I think we're going to have lively discussion.
0: All right, let's grab another call here in the upfront program. Hello there, how are you doing today? Hi. Hi.
3: Hi. Um, good morning. Um, when I was in the Air Force a long, long time ago, far, far away, yeah, I was serving in Germany, and I got guard duty. Okay. Uh huh. And when I wasn't working on the fighter jets, anyhow. <laughs> Um, I was told, because we had had terrorist events in Germany, that if someone were to jump the fence, you'd yell stop or halt, and they they know what that meant. And they always told me, if they didn't stop and they jumped over the fence and actually tried to approach you, shoot them in the leg, And only shoot them once. And that was it. And I was watching one of the police videos the other day, and I know this is an oversimplification, but to me, when someone says, Halt, police, stop, stop, I'm gonna shoot and then fires off five or six rounds all at once, you get boom, 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 boom. Well I guess the Air Force has different rules, but I I kinda think these guys get a little carried away when you get someone and you're shooting six, seven, ten ten times in the case with that other guy. I mean what happened to shoot once and observe if you actually stop the person?
1: But you, you understand that in the United States, the police have about 60 million encounters with, with citizens. And the 90, 95% of them or more uh, are no issue. And then they talk about Black Lives Matter. There's only about 15 or 16 out of those 60 million interactions where an African-American or minority person was shot. So I, I think where the narrative that the media is focusing on is those things. But if you think about six, the 60 million interactions that are happening throughout the country with a, with citizenship of 345 million, then I, I think maybe it puts things more in perspective. But I, under, I understand what you're saying, but they're focusing on those one issues. that, uh, that And you don't see the other issues, maybe how you would have handled it, You know, shoot them in the ankle. Well, and, and I understand what
3: you're saying, too, but it, it makes me wonder... If, are we really down to the minimum amount of, of situations that we can expect this way? Have we really got all the training in place? Are, are we seeing the, the, a, such a small amount that there's just no way to correct anymore?
1: Well, also, get- also too, to, to go back to, to your point, is in New York City, police officers are retiring in droves. They're changing careers. Uh, Maybe one of the reasons why you didn't stay in the Air Force is, you know, you you wanted to, you know, build a a better future for yourself. You didn't see yourself as, uh, you know, at the the top of the Air Force. You wanted to, you know, have the career that you have. So if we start disincentivizing police officers to become police officers, we're going to have a lower Grouping uh, uh, access to, to uh, fewer and fewer people, as I said last week. Um, 20 years ago, there'd be a couple of hundred people who wanted to be a soccer police officer. Now they're begging people to become. We're, getting, we're, we're going in a different direction and we're causing our, the issue that you're discussing by just verbally and abusing uh, and, and uh, making the police seem like the enemy all the time.
3: I, I agree with that point also. All right, I, I'm
1: going to let it go there. Well, we always, again, we always appreciate your call. You, you bring a lot to the table. And uh, I, someday I'll know like 10% of what you know about nu- advanced nuclear power. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thanks for the <laughs> have call. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You're on the Upfront program. You're on WNRI. You're a few minutes away from a break. I want to uh, cover other topics as uh, we move through the morning. Uh, and certainly a variety of, uh, have arisen.
1: Well, uh our esteemed new governor called in a few weeks ago, and I don't think anyone would accuse Dan of being a dummy. And um, if you look at what he said about people not leaving high-tax states and doing it for all the reasons, uh, I think he was mistaken. Um, but the census came out, and for the first time in its history, California has lost a seat. It's a losing population. Um, new York State also lost some. Michigan lost some. Illinois in montana colorado and texas florida north carolina all gains what's happening is people you know you, you, do you know what the uh state income tax is in florida none there's right? none right right, <laughs> right. That, that was a fact or crap question <laughs> all right let me, hey i survived it let me give you a fact or crap question number two what is the uh income tax in texas the state income tax none correct So, you know, in North Carolina, and we're going to talk about this, Apple is moving to North Carolina. They're investing a billion dollars. If I was uh, officials of California, I'd be very, very concerned that they're just going to get the hell out of there. So the states that respect your rights a better run, have lower taxation, are gaining, and I just think that's great for America. And I am probably in the vast minority. I'm not sure it was in our best interest to have to keep us our, our two seats in Congress.
0: No, in Rhode Island, I, I would have been very satisfied with losing a seat. Yep, we've
1: proven that we very satisfied. We don't know we're our own worst enemy when when Judge Flanders doesn't replace uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, and there's nothing needs to be more said about Sheldon Whitehouse. Uh, I guess I will. He's an embarrassment to Rhode Island. and, and right, He's like John Kerry. He's like John Kerry, yes. Yeah. We can talk about him later, too, after yeah. the break. But um, if we're going to not vote in Flanders and we're going to put White House back in, maybe we should just have uh, the minimum.
0: There's a business in Woonsocket, relatively new business, uh, maybe six, seven weeks old. And uh, it's um, a place where uh, if you have a home and you, you need it uh, updated with... Uh, whether it be uh, whether it be um, window dressings and so forth. You found it. Interiors by Glow is not your ordinary interior decorating store. She offers handmade scented candles, stylish modern home decor accents, artists, creations, handcrafted art pieces from India, Morocco, and Nepal, and Tableau decorative grills. It's a new concept in decorating living spaces. Want to freshen up your outdoor living spaces? Want more privacy, but fence is not an option? Glow can customize your outdoor living spaces to make them more functional, stylish, and comfortable. Featuring an indoor outdoor fabric line from Italy, guaranteed not to fade for up to eight years, and is mold and mildew resistant and soil repelling. Tableau decorative grills offer privacy, come in several designs, and can be customized for any shape and size. Glow's 100% 100 natural scented candles include citronella, fresh flowers, fruits, nature, and clean, fresh scents of spring. Visit Interiors by Glow, 275 Social Street, Woonsocket today, and tell her you heard the ad on WNRI. She's at the store on Thursdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. or by appointment. Call her at 766-0106 or visit her Facebook page or online at interiorsbyglow.com. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, one socket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines. And listen to this we have two bottles of Flip Flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, Twenty six forty seven plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers: eight a.m. to nine p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, four eighty one Clinton Street. Have a question? Seven six five eighteen hundred and speak to Mike, the manager. Celeste Benjamin of the Benjamin Insurance Agency. Celeste, you provide a wide range of services there.
1: Most of our business is providing home and auto insurance. However, we feel the most important thing to insure is people. Everyone insures their home and autos, which are objects. Only 57% of Americans have life insurance. You may get into a car accident. You may have a claim on your home. But life insurance is a guaranteed payout for your family. We are here to help keep your family going. Our family serving
4: your family. And Cara Benjamin? My mother Celeste will help you plan for retirement and assist you with protecting your family by providing life insurance.
0: The Allstate Benjamin Agency, 125 Eddie Darling Highway, North Smithfield, 765 for the protection you need, the service you want.
4: Across from CVS at Dowling Village. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts.
3: You're
2: listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
0: Roger and Chris covering a lot of ground today on the Upfront program, and we'd like to hear from you. If there's something you'd like to talk about, well, here is a telephone number. 769-0600-766-1380. One of the things I've been remiss on, Chris, I haven't checked our uh, email here. Make sure that I uh, haven't missed a question. And... Um, the reason I didn't see any is because I was looking at Larry Poitress's email. I had the wrong the wrong account open. <laughs> I'll check that in uh, in a few moments. All right. Um, um, let's see. One of our uh, listeners. Um um, well, uh, I'll, I'll read the email to myself, and then I'll, I'll get back to, um, to what it's about. I want to know what I'm talking about first.
1: What else, Chris? Well, there was an interesting ad in the Valley Breeze today. It's a full-page ad, and I guess I was asleep at the switch because it's been running a lot. But it's from a Rhode Island-based dealership that reminds Rhode Islanders that if you buy a car in Massachusetts— Uh, the sales tax stays with the state. So right now, on new cars, about 2,500 Rhode Islanders cross the border and buy used cars in Massachusetts. And about 500 Massachusetts residents cross the border and buy cars in Rhode Island. So this person, the owner of the dealership, makes the case that Rhode Islanders are losing about $150 million per year in total sales tax revenue. So it's an interesting point, but... I mean, do I want to tell people in Rhode Island that they should do business with me because and don't do business with a Massachusetts financial advisor because they pay income tax in Massachusetts? Um, I, I think you have to um, have a better argument than, than that. And for me, I'm the opposite. I, I, I like Cadillacs, and the last you know, 15 I bought, I bought front down in uh, Herb James in Warwick. And I always get a second price from somewhere else in Massachusetts. Inevitably, the Rhode Island one is always lower mm-hmm. to the point where I've had other dealers tell me they're lying to you, Chris. They can't sell that car for that amount of money. And, of course, they end up you know being mistaken. But that's a personal decision. So that's what I wanted to say. It's not a compelling argument for me that I would want to buy a car anywhere. I think you want to buy where there's the best service, the best sales, the best price, and, and what have you. And so I just thought it was uh, kind of a hollow argument.
0: And price is not the only factor. No. <laughs> it's just one um, one thing uh, to uh, consider. It's pretty much like um, whether you're moving down to uh, Texas or Florida. Um, if the only thing is um, uh, paying taxes, well, that's a factor. But... Don't forget the weather. <laughs> absolutely. And don't forget being away from the doctors that you had been uh, with for years and years and years. There's a whole bunch of reasons why uh, people um, move or don't move and why they, uh, for instance, stay in a, in a tax environment that, um, you know, other peoples have moved away from. It depends.
1: Uh, you see it all the time. Uh, uh, absolutely. I, I, I've lost track, but it's somewhere in the mid-40s of clients and households that have been... Mostly Rhode Island, some Massachusetts, and um, they they move uh, they've moved to Florida. But again, it's not a, always always with some game like in in Rhode Island. Your assets in IRAs are better protected uh, if you're taking your RMDs in Rhode Island versus Massachusetts. There's, there's all kinds of things. But if you're making you know you know six seven hundred thousand dollars, you know the, the 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 avoidance of paying Rhode Island income tax is going to buy you a really nice place.
0: You're on the upfront
1: program. In if yeah.
0: there's a topic that we haven't brought up that we should have brought up, well, reprimand us, call us, and say, <laughs> "Hey, how come you guys are not talking about this? Are you avoiding that topic because you don't want to?" No, we're not avoiding any topic. If uh, there's something that that uh, is out there that we should be um, chatting about, please uh, feel free to uh, give us a call or send us an email. And uh, the email that I was. <coughs> Opening up, Chris, had to do with, um, it might have been something that already had been talked about on a uh, another talk show. But Duran uh, sent us a piece that was in, um, I don't know, I don't think you're a regular reader
1: of Uprise uh, Rhode Island. Uh, is it? <laughs> uh, Only when a conservative points out something that's egregious in there, uh, then I may look at it. All right. Well, the headline
0: in uh, Upright Rhode Island uh, says, Youth-led village vigil in Woonsocket urges peace and pleads for help, and uh, there are a couple of people standing outside the ye old English uh, mm-hmm. fish and chips. You heard about this? Um, yeah, I, I saw. This the, is the uh, Alex Kithas thing.
1: Yeah, I saw the YouTube clip. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: So uh, what a. Could you summarize um, uh, what um, what maybe uh, you you learned from that, or didn't learn anything from it? Well,
1: there's there a lot there's a lot of public swearing, mm-hmm. and the the uh, synopsis was that uh, he and I guess others were tired of um, the police officers killing people of uh, brown and black color. Mm-hmm. And I would submit to Alex and anyone else who wants to call and dis- debate it. Um, there's about eight, fifteen to eighteen situations like that around the, the country every year, and there's about sixty million interactions uh, by the police. And if you if you have a situation. They're, they're few and far between, and 99.9% of the cops are, are good. And there was a situation last week, I don't know if we talked about it, where Black Lives Matter, where an uh, individual was shot by the police, and the thought was, and mistaken thought, was that person was a person of color. So they were protesting until they found out it was a white person and they left. So stuff like that just kind of hurts their credibility. And you just, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. You can have your feelings that this is egregious and going on around the country, on and on and on. But if you believe the statistics from the government, and the government is the one trying to direct this, but... They're, they're, these instances are few and far between, and then you have another situation where this young girl is going to be stabbed to death by another young girl, and now they're blaming the cop. And LeBron <laughs> James calls him out yeah. uh, with with his millions of followers and saying he's going to, "You're next," and doxes him. Um, it, it's out of control, and race is always thrown into the pot to discuss to dissuade us from the real issues dividing America.
0: If you miss hearing the words of uh, Alex Kithis because he was not reelected to the Woonsocket City Council, I'll give you a few words. We need to build power and we need to transform our community, said Alex. We need you to run for office and get involved with local and state campaigns of people who actually give a damn. And we need you out in the streets making noise and making the establishment uncomfortable enough that they're forced to respond to our demands for justice. Words of Alex Kithis, as reported in a, um, I guess you would call it a uh, online email site that um, is um, not conservative, mm-hmm. put it that way. And um, So anyway, uh, Alex is out there, and so are a whole bunch of other people. Uh, from a local group, uh, it's called the Blackstone Valley, uh, let me get the right name of, uh, of it. The Blackstone Valley, I will. Get the right name. I just can't find it right now. But
1: we should also underscore... Advocacy Center. If if that's what they believe, and that's what they believe, this is America, and they have a right to protest. They have a right to discuss these issues, but they also have a right to take a step back and realize that statistically, this is a non-event. If you look at the millions of contacts that the police have with America, and then you juxtapose uh, white people getting shot or people not of color, there's no stats that back up what they're saying but they have a right to believe it and they have a right to say it and uh, we don't want to denigrate that right
0: well guess what chris time has uh, caught up with us on the program we want to thank you for your participation in the program for your calls for your comments and uh, we'll be back tomorrow and uh, chris will be back on thursday and and we've got lots going on here at wnri so stay right along with us uh, for uh, all of us on up front have a good day Say goodbye to everybody, Chris, so they they know that you are here.
1: Goodbye and have a great day.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront,
1: presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI One Socket.